Hello and welcome to Time Extend. My name is Adam Ismail, and boy, do we have a show for you today. Uh, who's with me? So you've got Brendan Rodison, of course, your usual beautiful co-host. I'm here, but we also have others. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hi, I'm Jordan Greer, the uh, founder of GT Planet. Uh, Kyle Patrick, editor at GT Planet. And uh, I'm Andrew Evans, one of the administrators and writer of Indigo at GT Planet. <laughs> And having three GT Planet uh, people on one show can only mean one thing, and that is that, yes, we are talking about Gran Turismo, and we are ranking Gran Turismo. Uh, this has been a very highly requested, um, well, I don't know about highly requested, I feel like maybe we've been requesting it more than anyone else, but um, this has been the show that's been a long time in the works since uh, back before Time Extend actually started when uh, Brendan and I were writing more for GT Planet. And uh, we had lots of debates uh, among the editorial staff about ranking our favorite games in the series, which, uh, yeah, often uh, turned to tears and insults. And uh, it's amazing our friendships could all recover to the point where we could all be together on this show today. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Not very long, I'll, I'll guess. Giving it 10 minutes. I'm listening to the tearing up a contract. <laughs> I mean, all this is being recorded, so you know it's probably admissible into a court of law. If anyone feels like they've been slandered or, or their reputation has probably be, been harmed by this, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave that for afterwards. So basically, uh, the structure of this is going to be a little bit different than the previous rankings that we've done uh, because we're all here and we've all there. There's a story that we'll uh, probably link to in the bio uh, that we did all these years ago where we ranked. Uh, we ranked the, the Gran Turismo games, and we all feel very strongly about that. So rather than focusing on the games that we don't really think should be among the best, we're going to focus on our favorites, which are going to come down to three games. And I guess, you know, we'll, we'll briefly run through before we get into the positives um, why certain titles aren't on the list. Uh, Brendan, you know, I, I know we've talked a lot about uh, our favorite Gran Turismo's, and it's fair to say there's there's not a straight up bad game in the series. It's just it almost seems like there's like two tiers, right? Yeah, for sure. When it comes to Gran Turismo, like in terms of other racing game series, nothing really comes close to the level of quality. But within the series itself, there there have been games that maybe weren't thought of so well at the time, and then people's opinions have changed or rather just at the time they were uh, disappointing after a huge cycle of hype but it makes sense to focus on the games in the series that are generally regarded to be the best and i think the ones that we'll discuss in great detail are the ones people actually want to hear about right so basically the, the ones we're not going to spend too much time on uh and i'm sorry for listeners who who <laughs> would rank these games among their highest uh are the first gran turismo GT5, GT6, and GT Sport. Um, you know, it's it's actually the one I feel the worst about leaving off of this is GT Sport because, like, I really have grown to love Gran Turismo Sport, and it's you know with all the support it's had uh, and with the different direction it took with the series, it really blossomed into something you know beautiful after after a period of time. But it's not really what you imagine what you think of when you think of like quintessential Gran Turismo I mean would would you guys agree 
Yeah, I would personally agree. I think that would be a, a topic that uh, could be discussed at length in an entire uh, another episode of the show is what is Gran Turismo Sport and how does it fit into the uh, the overall series? You know, I, I, I agree. I think it's too different to really consider it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have a number at the end of it. So despite what Cosmori says, it does not feel like a like a mainline Gran Turismo release. I agree with Jordan on that. Uh, I think it's it's really good. And like Adam said, it's um, it's grown over the past almost two years and it's really become something different and what it does it does really well but it's still not when, when you think of Gran Turismo it's not what comes to mind it, it's getting there but it's still so far removed with that focus on online racing and I think the other tough thing with that and with GT5 and GT6 is that they've evolved right like uh, when we're comparing these three games that we'll talk about later the, the good ones the, the greatest ones those are a snapshot and they never changed over their release. Whereas, you know, GT Sport is constantly evolving. It's hard to really place it. The GT Sport's grown for me into a game that's more like my favorite in the series. It's more, more focused, more compact. They're doing more with less. Um, there's also the online aspect, but the, the issue I have with it, if we're doing this in 20 years time, are we going to be playing Gran Turismo Sport and looking back on it and, and thinking thinking fondly of it, or will it be completely inoperable because it's entirely online? As soon as they turn the servers off, that's the game dead. Yeah, I mean that's that is the big issue with just you know this medium in general right now is you know in addition to the fact that we're talking about racing games and you always have to worry about licenses and and that often prevents games from being re-released and whatnot the fact that the the life of this game is online i mean when the servers go dead you can't do anything as it is um so yeah I, will the game even be playable in you know this time five years from now or whenever the ps5 comes out after that life cycle is uh most of the way through i don't know um but it's it's kind of a shame to think about so i don't want to <laughs> dwell on it but well, right now you can play Gran Turismo Sport, and if you haven't, you should. But if you're listening to this, you probably have. Um, so, yeah. Uh, with that said, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we will discuss the other games in the series in relation to our favorites as we go through this. But let's just get right into it. Um, so, coming in, uh, the Bama podium, third place finish on our list is Gran Turismo 2, uh, which really breaks my heart because like i it's not my number one but it's probably my number two and uh i feel like some people would say it's nostalgia talking and they might be right but damn i mean this was the first gran turismo i really fell in love with well it's the greatest game ever made so here. yeah no, you, you're you're right for feeling that. I, I think uh, uh, Gran Turismo Two is, to me, it's 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 the quintessential Gran Turismo game, and it's the one that set the standard. It's when we were talking about like why Gran Turismo Sport isn't doesn't feel like a mainline game. It's because it doesn't feel like Gran Turismo Two, and I feel like that is the game 
against which every other Gran Turismo title is compared with. And we say, like when we say we like GT4 or, you know, we like, we, we talk about GT3, it's like, or we talk about GT5 or anything like that. It always comes back to like whether or not you say it or not, like everybody is mentally comparing it to Gran Turismo 2. That's why it is the best. <laughs> That's a bold take. Just the fact that it's a point of comparison. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before. Yeah, it's a reference point, in my opinion. It's it's the it's the mark against which all others are judged. And um, you know, when we say GT three is a smaller game, a more focused game, why are we saying that? That's because we're comparing it against what GT two was. That's true. You know, when we when we when we talk about you know how great GT four was, you know, we're saying it was great because it was like Gran Turismo two. <laughs> so uh, so it, it's. Um, it, that's why I think it's uh, that's why I think it's the best. That's why I think it's the benchmark. When it, in the aspect of the the content of the game, GT two did kind of set the standard for what Grand become. There was six hundred odd cars in dozens, scores of tracks, and that's pretty much what we think of today when we think of Gran Turismo. And then. Obviously, when, when sport came along a couple of years ago, we're all thinking, oh, all the content's been cut and so much less. And, and Jordan has a point that we are comparing it what Gran Turismo became as of the second game. Yeah, it, it never ceases to amaze me. I feel like people don't give GT2 enough credit for how big it was when it came out. Uh, like, they wouldn't surpass a car count of this game until GT4 came out. And... It's just astonishing to think about, especially because this game came out. It was like it was like a year and a half or a two year development turnaround after GT1. So, you know, Gran Turismo 1 came out. I think it had like 140 cars or something to that that number. And Gran Turismo 2 like triples it or, or quadruples it uh, and also has way more tracks as well. And like, you know, when Gran Turismo 1 came out, uh, in Japan, I think it really only had Japanese uh, makes and models. And then when they release it in other parts of the world, they were able to include, um, you know, other uh, makes from other countries like TVR and Dodge and Aston Martin and whatnot. Um, but by the time you get to GT2, we're already this has already become a global thing. You know, it's already got this international uh, flavor to it in a way that like, I mean, I played this game when I was, I was really little and I didn't know these companies existed. You know, I didn't know these manufacturers existed until, uh, I played Gran Turismo 2 and even just like the little, the, the, it's such a small thing, but just the traveling in the menu to the West city and the North city and the East city and stuff, it really felt like you were experiencing different um spheres of like car culture in a way that like was was never possible before not even like Gran Turismo 1 didn't do it no game before it did and I just feel like this really a lot like GT4 uh to your point Jordan uh actually ended up educating a lot of people about you know automotive history uh which is a pretty amazing thing for you know we're talking about PlayStation 1 game yeah I mean I think you summed it up perfectly right there of why you know the game for me personally um was was so uh, uh moving i guess you could say because it just opened my eyes to so much and uh, so much of this automotive world that i didn't know existed 
And, you know, both of us being Americans, you know, I think our our automotive worlds were much smaller. Um, and maybe for the younger listeners, they may not understand what everything was like before we had ubiquitous internet and YouTube videos of, you know, every best motoring episode ever. <laughs> you know, it it uh, the, the world was a lot smaller back then. And uh, nothing else had ever really existed like Gran Turismo 2 that had such an international flair, such an international um, uh, character. And um, that was that was really a remarkable thing. And yeah, the first game, like you said, it was it was very Japanese focused. I think it was the cool thing about that is it was kind of like, let's see if people want to play this game with real cars, you know, and it was it was great. And that was a big moment on its own. But Gran Turismo 2 sort of changed things and expanded things in such a significant way that it just completely overshadows uh, the first one, in, in my opinion. And um, I, I think that a lot of people, if you could talk to a lot of really influential car people out there right now in the world, people that are, you know, roughly our age in their 20s and 30s, um, I think it's kind of a common thread that uh, Gran Turismo 2 is what opened their eyes in so many ways to what the automotive world can be. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a hard thing to, uh, to do. There's not many things that, uh, that we can say had that kind of impact. Jordan really nailed what I was going to say about it. Like, I, I don't remember where I personally ranked GT2. Uh, I know it wasn't my top one, but to its defense, like it, it, it brought a whole world to us. Like I was, I was living on dial-up internet back then, so finding all these cars in the game, like Venturi or Roof, it was just a whole learning experience for me that I think really did set the tone for Gran Turismo being an encyclopedia approach to, to cars and, and teaching people as much as it is about driving them. Whereas GT1, like you said earlier, was, was very focused on Japanese models outside of a few exceptions. So that, in that way, GT2 really is the the bar for the rest of the franchise in that one respect yeah so i don't i, I don't want everybody to pile on jordan right now some of us it ranked gt2 as high and as highly as the others and i'm just wondering why why that might be brendan you've been quiet so i'm, I'm dragging you into this <laughs> <laughs> no i've just been um trying to process my feelings because i had a feeling this question was going to come up <laughs> um <laughs> I love Gran Turismo 2 a lot, like, it's probably the game in the series that really did make me a proper Gran Turismo fan. By the time 3 rolled around, it was because of 2 I was such a big fan. And especially one of the things I like to call out is the, the kind of race modifications that were in the game. Like, that was just so cool, taking regular street cars and creating the racing machines out of them. And it's something I wish we kind of got again. And it has kind of popped up in a sense in later games, as in you could just get racing versions of cars, or even if you consider GT Sport and the life of the editor, it's the same kind of idea, without all the cool race mods, of course. Um, but the reason it isn't my absolute favourite, which goes rightfully from to Gran Turismo 3, by the way, um, is because I just feel as if when you think of the what was capable on the PlayStation 1, Gran Turismo 2 did achieve that. But, and this is why it's kind of an awkward one to talk about without dragging in 3. I feel as if, in terms of a milestone effort, 3 just had a lot more fun content and it was also more impressive from a 
um, visual standpoint and just how focused it was. And that always feels like a kind of crutch argument almost. I get that, why people would say that GT2 is more content and it's just as playable and it's good fun. But I just feel as if GT2 maybe lacked in the polish department slightly. And that, for me, brings it down a, a notch. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say um, from a pop standpoint, just because, you know, as we were talking about before, how how little time they had to push this game out. And also the fact that it was on the PS1. I mean, I always had this feeling with Gran Turismo that uh, the series couldn't be, you know, everything. And I don't think this is unusual to say, but, you know, it couldn't be everything it was meant to be. It couldn't realize its potential you know, until it got to the PS2 and like Gran Turismo 1 and 2 are amazing achievements, but they're almost amazing achievements largely in spite of the fact, like because they were on those consoles uh, and that nobody else, no other developer at that time was able to produce something um, that achieved the level of realism that GT was achieving on the PS1 in the late 90s. So... I mean, it, it's it is kind of awkward to talk about because it's almost like it's almost like you're saying like no, well, this game was only good because it was good in comparison to everything else at the time, which was bad. But it, it really does stand up on its own merits, and I think like even though obviously it's not realistic anymore from a physics department, the game is still rock solid. I mean, I still have fun playing GT two. Like the handling is by no means you know realistic, but it almost has become like a good arcade racer after all these years. And uh, yeah, so so it's it's one of those things like they obviously couldn't do everything they wanted to do on this console, but the fact that they were able to push this out is just it's only becomes more and more magnificent, you know, the further away we get from it. I'm glad you brought up the like arcade argument about it becoming an arcade game almost because one of the definitive ways to experience uh, GT2 now, from my perspective, um, is somehow and i'm not sure how this would be possible um playing it on the psp and having access to all of the endurance races and stuff um and an arcade well arcade racer as in at the time it was realistic but not so much now and it was so perfectly suited to that handheld device that it, it's helped its age for me in a way because it almost feels as if it was built for that type of thing like it's it holds up so well because the handling hasn't really got bad over time. It's just become more simple, like you were saying. Oh, so many things I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and so little time. <laughs> so, so little time. Yeah, but I mean, are we gonna are we gonna talk about games in terms of their impact at the time they were released, or are we gonna look at them sort of? retrospectively because you know at the time at the era that Gran Turismo 2 was released I think it had a bigger impact than GT3 or any of the others you know and yes it's handling I mean it's it's handling is obviously outdated it feels more arcade now but it was really really good at the time and we didn't have the wheels we didn't have you know the the fancy pedal sets and stuff like we do now so um I think that's just that's it's it's a the fact that it's aged so well is just another reason that. Well, I am curious about um about Andrew's feelings on this because I know that you rate GT three very highly and that 
Gran Turismo 4 felt a little bit too bloated to you. So uh, do you feel that with GT2 as well? With GT2, and I, I think Brent touched on this earlier, that it, it was really a lack of polish that um, that, that did it for me. Um, so, I mean, it was it's a, a terrific... I mean, I played Gran Turismo 2 instead of doing the second and third years of my degree. So it's it's not like I wasn't obsessed with um, I mean, that, that's fairly accurate. Um, but, yeah, that, this, this, there were so many areas where it, it was just a little bit uh, there was not quite enough attention had been paid to, to bit bobs um and i understand that and play for the smaller it's developed this reputation for a polish or as we'd say in the motoring world fit and finish um but the, it was it was lacking slightly in that department so it had all these wonderful amazing cars um and you would go and buy one, say, for example, uh, the Mini, which had 63 horsepower. You would buy the Mini and find it would have 200 horsepower because it was actually a rally version. You'd upgrade the suspension, be replaced in the settings menu. I can't even remember what it said, but it, obviously some kind of location of the file where the suspension settings were rather than what the suspension <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. It just adds charm. It adds it's it's character. It adds character. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you'd have a look at let's say some of the menus where you could enter enter a race and things wouldn't quite be aligned properly. And it was it was just that that it was with GT three that Polyphony kind of really got the focus on making the whole game look as good as it made the cars look and the track. environment. It's something I've thought a lot about. Uh, in in the years since I really took an interest in learning about Gran Turismo 2 because it, it's this game that's actually packed with all this content that never made it to release and you know as I've said so many times there's this amazing thread on GT Planet that's been running since 2006 where people are unpacking files and exploring the game data of GT2 and it's turned me on to so many interesting things I didn't know were there and so many also weird glitches and yeah, ideas that never came to pass and all these like quirky things and awful translations with uh, the car, uh, uh, you know, bios and everything like that. And it is very <laughs> unpolished. And, you know, that probably wouldn't fly today. But forever, for whatever reason, I just I love that stuff in GT too, like because it just I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, it did suck that you couldn't 100 percent the game when it first came out. and You can only get to 98. But like. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's something what Jordan's saying. It's part of the charm. But that's another thing. GT2 was the first game to have three different versions. It was released with, with three different versions um, within the US because you couldn't complete it. And then later on, you could. And then later in the, the like, you could get 102% in the game. <laughs> so it, it was. It, it's not that it's a bad game per se, but when I look back on it, and think of the the many hours I spent playing it instead of studying. Um, it it's just the polish. <laughs> I don't want to say it tarnishes because that's kind of really wringing the metaphor out. <laughs> but there's just that slight lack of polish. That it, it's not, it's not synonymous with what Gran Turismo has since become. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say.
Um, well, given that we spent probably a good 20 minutes on uh, GT2, we should probably move on. But are, are there any final thoughts, anything anybody wanted to touch on before we uh, we turn away from Gran Turismo 2 and never return again? I, I just have a quick one. Uh, $100 for the developer who puts an Espes F1 back in yes. any modern racing game. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And, and that's one of the great things about GT2 is just like, and, and the lack of polish has something to do with it, but it's just so weird. Like, it had weird cars like the Espas F1. It had these tracks that, like, you could only get on the arcade mode disc. Like, it's just, it's just such a weird game, and I love it. Even the music's weird. Like, it's, yeah, the Espas F1 is a perfect example of, like, the personality that GT2 had that I kind of want to you know, muscle its way back into the franchise one of these days. I think that's a good way to put it. All right. So number two, we're moving on to Gran Turismo 4. This is my baby. This is one that I pushed for. Um, I don't think anyone here uh, had this their number one like I did. Uh, <laughs> but this is a game that, you know, essentially it's, it is a perfect jumping off point from GT2 because yeah, I feel like you're either you're one of those people who like loves GT1, GT3, or you prefer GT2 and GT4 for being, you know, for being bigger, maybe having a bit too much content, but ultimately just like making the franchise into this like massive thing. And uh, GT4, I didn't. And, and again, you know, where how old I was at the time definitely plays a lot into it. Uh, I think it was like I was like 12 when GT4 came out, but like I I didn't know about group c i barely knew about like group b rally cars and like just the automotive you know the the eras of automotive history i mean when you're in the arcade mode the game actually lets you go scroll through a timeline of like you know the first cars you know the muscle car boom the japanese bubble car boom and like you can see through time how cars develop and like i mean if you're an automotive nerd it's just the coolest thing ever uh, there's, you know, all of these real tracks that, that debuted in the series for the first time. Uh, some people might have feelings about some of them, but I thought they were all great, even Infineon. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I just love how, how big this game was. It just felt like a celebration, but it wasn't, I, I would say that, you know, where GT5 and GT, GT6 got almost so big that they couldn't keep up that level of polish. I feel like Gran Turismo 4 was still able to feel like a complete polished experience despite its size. All right. Who wants to back me up here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to uh, talk, but I'll let something back here. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I don't remember where I put GT4 either, but I, I can't argue with anything that you said, Adam. It's It really was sort of the, the GT2 idea just on PS2. And there's nothing wrong with that because I think that they did, borrowing from what Andrew said earlier, uh, focus more on the polish on GT4 than with GT2, especially because they had three and a half years or something, four years to develop it. So there was, there was a lot of time there spent and, and it was... The final product was really well done. It came very late in the system. They had a, a good idea of what they could do with the PS2. It brought a lot of important things to the franchise, like photo mode, which I still think is brilliant because it sort of turns players into advertisements of sorts for the game, getting all their best pictures. Uh, the the Nordschleife was in there. 
it, it was really good, but I think it might have been too big. And, and I think my only criticism about it was that you had to hunt down these other cars. Like it had 800 cars and you, you wanted to drive them, but there was no incentive really in the game to look at most of them. You had to do it on your own. And, and I think that's where the, the bloat aspect comes in, where there's not an incentive to really focus in on all these wonderful and unique automobiles. Hmm. So for, for me, GT4, I mean, I, I love GT4 as well. I think it's second on my list. It, the bloat and the delay, and both of both of these things, things that we've we've had to deal with on the forum, um, as you know, people make fun of of the series for having fifty six Nissan Skyline, or because it was a year and a half overdue, and then we end up with comical but slightly annoying memes of uh, Grand Waitismo and and the soon and all that sort of thing, and it. GT4, I, I think, almost became a parody. And that sounds, sounds really harsh, given that I enjoyed the game. But it's that GT4 is the game that people think of when they think of, GT, of, of Gran Turismo getting too big, having too much, and possibly even unnecessary. So many Skylines, X5s. And it, it kind of tarnishes the memory a little bit. Yeah, I I get that, but at the same time, I mean, maybe it was because you, I feel like, you know, some people in this room were definitely in the thick of it when that game came out, and uh, I mean, yeah. Andrew and Jordan, you guys definitely probably endured a lot of tired jokes about how long that game took to came out and all the all the proto memes <laughs> and everything. I can only imagine. Well, nothing. GT Five shadows overshadows everything in terms of complaints. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent case that GT Five does take the crown. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I get all that. And this is definitely the start of some some habits uh, that Pliffney would kind of fall into that have not aged well, and that it took them until I think GT Sport to realize that they needed to sort of modernize their their practices and their approach and their priorities uh and i i get all of that but the the one thing that i was thinking of i was like in the romp to the show was trying to like crystallize my thoughts and just come up with a counter argument to like the whole bloat point and that was just that like when i look at it when i look at games like gt5 and 6 i feel like those games are very bloated but in a different way like GT4 is bloated in the way that it has more cars than you could ever drive. It has events that you'll probably never finish. GT5 and 6 is bloated in the similar in like that except for the fact that you wouldn't want to drive the 800 standard cars and you wouldn't want to drive you wouldn't want to play the Gran Turismo Rally which has like the worst procedurally generated tracks that I have ever seen in any racing game ever uh, the Sebastian Loeb Rally Challenge the Grand Tour like you you don't want to do these things you you know GT4 is a problem of excess because you wish you had time to do it you don't even want to in the future games so to me there's a difference between good bloat and bad bloat and with GT4, it was almost like rewarding because I, you know, I, I never 100% anything. It's just always a problem I have. But like with GT4, <laughs> it's like I thought I had 
you know, maybe after a year or two years, I thought I had seen pretty much everything I wanted to see of the game. And I feel like a couple months later, I would find out about this car I didn't know existed and luck would have it. It was in GT4. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to play GT4 again. I'm going to turn that on because I want to drive that car. Or like, it just like, I feel like it's a game that like, it was immediately special, but it as time went on, it something kept drawing me back to it. Um, and I would always keep discovering new things. And that's kind of the last way I felt that way about Gran Turismo. Well, point number one, um, I'll have you know, Jeff Gordon's zombie AI <laughs> taught me how to do one corner at Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> point two, good good times. Um, up there with Jay Leno saying start in GTPS. Oh, God, for I forgot absolutely about that. no reason. <laughs> start! <laughs> That was the extent of his input. Oh man, that was funny. Fantastic. <laughs> but um, on, on Gran Turismo 4, um, to draw comparisons to another series, um, a lot of people see um, Sonic Adventure as ground zero for that well, series. You're bringing it back to maybe Sonic. The development... I always do, <laughs> always do. Um, <laughs> the development practices and that game would then go on to affect all the other ones because they felt they needed a serious story, all the crap that doesn't really matter. And by setting the standard so high in terms of content in Gran Turismo 4 and the encyclopedia stuff, it meant like realistically, and this is how it basically transpired, um, Polyphony would need to try and replicate that on PlayStation 3 to avoid disappointing mm. people. So the way I see it is like GT4, whilst it's, it's still pretty good in my opinion, um, and I do have some issues with the handling engine, but putting that to the side, I feel as if it's when the series started to get a bit too derivative, and although GT4 is fine, I still think based on the trajectory that would then happen and introduce standard cars and stuff, it's almost like it it started the, the kind of the darker period for the series, despite the fact the games that would come after, in my opinion, were still really good, but a lot of people would say otherwise. I agree with you completely. Yeah, I think Gran Turismo 4 was kind of, I mean, it was a fantastic game. And I think, Adam, I think you really summed it up with, like, the bloat. Because, like, when we look at the problems with GT5 and GT6, like, the bloat just kind of, it's like, you know, it's like the, 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 the ooze, you know, this goo that's just like this feature creep that just kind of starts kind of overtaking everything and weighs down the whole experience. That sort of started with GT4. And, um, you know, it, it, you had a lot of great features that came from that game, like photo mode. I think that's when we would all agree is, is sort of a landmark feature. But like it did feel I thought it felt very different to GT3 and GT2 and, and then the original. But I, I definitely felt like the, the series was going in a new direction that um, I, Brendan called it a darker period, <laughs> which sounds a little grim, but um, yeah. I, I do I do understand what you're saying, and um, it uh, it definitely sort of changed the, the characteristics in of of the series, and I think there were some things that Polyphony should have looked at with that game, and instead of saying, okay, we're going to double down on just throwing everything at these games you know that instead of doing that they should have said okay like let's let's not get any more ambitious than Gran Turismo 4 and like let's try to develop a, and deliver a game that is of this quality try out you know maybe one or two little things but 
like let's let's keep it in check. I think that's sort of when uh, uh, Polyphony started to just get drunk on adding crazy, you know, features and ha having having a bigger body of content than what the game itself uh, could actually handle or support. You know, that's uh, mm -hmm. with GT two. It felt like there was a lot of content, and it felt like you pretty much had a good opportunity to use all of it. And um, you know, GT three it's not much of a game, so. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know there was uh, there was plenty of uh, of uh, you could use everything in it. But in GT4, it just felt like there was so much. But on the flip side, like you said, Adam, I think it was a game that you could come back to years and years later to be like, oh, I want to check out that car because maybe you saw one on the street or something, and you're like, oh, that's in GT4. I want to see it. You know, I, I I personally did not play GT4 with the intensity that I did uh, GT2 or GT3, but you know, it, it came out like right when I like my senior year of high school and college and all that stuff. So I was really busy and stuff. And so I didn't play it as intensely, but I did play it. I did revisit it a lot after its release. Uh, more so, I revisited it more so than I've revisited, you know, GT5 or GT6. Um, you know, the, the Nürburgring alone, I think, has, uh, that's where I did most of my laps on the ring is in GT4. So um, it definitely has a lot going for it but it did sort of feel like Polyphony turned a uh, turned a, a a corner with that game well, well one feature that had a, a special kind of meaning for me uh, was the land mode because we would over here in the UK we, we we set up a bunch of of lands where we would all gather together in the same place and hook six machines up together and and race Gran Turismo and we, we had something like 15 events spread over about four or five years where we'd get a bunch of nerds together from all over the UK and sometimes from further abroad. Um, so, I mean, one of our, our, our moderators, GT Planet, who lives over in San Francisco these days, he came over, had some guys coming from Belgium and the Netherlands. We, we would all just sit in a, in a rent rented bit of a pub and play Gran Turismo together. Competitions that we'd all thought up on from the... 600 odd cars and 50 odd circuits and we would more or less never do the same race twice and it was it was it was Gran Turismo turned social in much more of a personalized way than, than the online does these days that's a really fun thing to imagine and uh there is a certain charm that's lost in this in this age where we can just like play these games online and i mean it's great for connecting people but also uh that is really cool to think about i don't think i've ever played any game in like a land capacity like just you know going to a friend's house or something like that bring my console having an extra tv or something like that but uh yeah i mean that that's cool um, the, the one thing that Brendan touched on a while ago that I think is, it's the only fair criticism that I will not, these are all, everything you're saying is fair. This is the only criticism I'll, I will accept, um, which is that, which is that <laughs> I agree with, um, which is that the physics definitely, you know, GT4 definitely does not have the same kind of personality, the drive that GT3 had. I, I was going to mention that part too, about, uh, the physics being, when, when you look at every GT at the time that it was released, GT4 is the odd one out where it wasn't sort of a step forward in, in physics. It was one back. All the other ones have been solid evolutions, and then that was the, the odd man out. But the other thing I was going to mention that a few of us have touched on with GT4 is 
that idea that we kept going back to it, and, I, and I'm guilty of it too, but I, I, I hate to be that person, but there's a reason that we all had to revisit it so much over the years. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had it for a long time. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely fair. We got like three Forza games in the span between GT4 and GT5, so... Yeah, it was about 15 years till Grand Turismo 5 came out. <laughs> yeah, generations of families had evolved. <laughs> did, we, did we seriously all believe Eons. it would ever happen? Like, there had to be a day where we were just like, you know what? Maybe this is just going to be it. Like, <laughs> I, think, I, I think that moment, I think the one that always stands out to me in the pre-GT5 hype, because it was just, it was massive, and, and Jordan and Andrew will attest to that in numerous ways. I think the one thing that really hurt was the one interview where Yamauchi said, saying, we can release whenever we want. Yeah. And that was a solid year and a bit before it actually released. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's, uh, it was that. And I also remember him saying, I mean, he said so many things over the years, but like, you know, even when this game comes out, it's still going to be like 40% of what I want to do with the series. <laughs> and it's just like twisting that knife like ever so, so deeper. Yeah, I think that actually the, the reason that um, we don't, the Gran Turismo 5 isn't in this conversation uh, as much as like GT2 and GT4 and GT3 is because we have, it was kind of, it was, it was so tainted by its pre-release buildup, you know, like it, it was, it, we, just, we just had these impossible expectations for the game. And, you know, we all thought that it was going to be GT4 on PS3, you know, with online play and, you know, with just amazing graphics, HD graphics and all that stuff. And we had GT5 Prologue, which was, you know, good and exciting. And then it just took forever. And when I think of GT5, I don't think of the game. I think of the pre-release hype and human drama and, you know, how <laughs> angry people were. Of course, that's coming from my perspective because I was... I mean, GT5, I, 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 I just like, I, I, I breathed that game <laughs> for every day for like two to three years because every day I would just get up and write blog posts about it on GT Planet. So, <laughs> you know, so I really had like a front row seat into all of that drama and that roller coaster that, that was, um, that was GT5. Now I brought a lot of people to GT Planet, so <laughs> a lot of people will say they discovered the site, you know, when they were uh, coming to to read about, you know, the, the GT5, just to find out when the release date was going to be or when it had been moved to next. But <laughs> but I think that uh, that it kind of uh, it, all of that kind of overshadows what the game really was. Although the game did have a, a lot of issues uh, on its own, I'm not I'm not saying that, but it. It, it hurt it for sure and there, there was a gt4 online yes what, three years earlier and if they'd have released that <laughs> as a full game rather than as a extremely limited release to certain people in japan and the usa that that would have been enough yeah and i think that, that the problem too with uh, with gt4 you know brenda mentioned the uh the darker period you know, and I feel like the reason that we feel that way is because things sort of kind of got weird after GT4. Because if you think about it, we had tourist trophy, 
after yeah. GT4, which was basically GT4 with bikes. And it's like suddenly Polyphony kind of got distracted because up until that point, they were like, make the next Gran Turismo game, make the next Gran Turismo game, make the next Gran Turismo game. Then after GT4 came out, it was like, let's do Gran Turismo, but with bikes, you know, which is not a bad idea, but the studio is so small and so focused that they really kind of struggled to handling these things. So, you know, Tourist Trophy was, was great and all that. And then, you know, then we had, you remember Gran Turismo HD with the promise of yeah, that, yeah. you know, and it was going to have yeah. bikes and it was going to be like online and it was going to have like all of this stuff. You know, there's that legendary Kazunori Yamauchi presentation that I think it was at TGS and there's a screenshot and it basically has a feature list of everything that would eventually come to Gran Turismo Sport. <laughs> a livery editor. Yes, a livery yeah. editor, license plate editor. I mean, there was like online like leagues and stuff like all of that, like it would, it would eventually come like, like twelve years later, <laughs> I guess fifteen <laughs> years later, maybe. But, um, but you know, then we had Gran Turismo HD, and then it was like, okay, well, what's that? And then it came out as like this weird little one-track demo when the PlayStation Three was released, and then they kind of canceled the game, and then, then we had GT Five Prologue, and then, you know, it was kind of like all of this like weird stuff they kind of took their eye off the ball and and each one of those things was interesting and good on its own but i think if 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 cosmori could go back in time uh you know i, I think he would I, I hope that he would probably say look instead of focusing on all these side projects we just need to focus on making the next game as as great and as polished as it should be and you know maybe maybe gran turismo 5 should have come out a lot earlier and should have been a very different game you know gran turismo 5 it should have been out much sooner and i think that would have helped the series and i think that's sort of why we entered that dark period that brend is is brendan is talking about yeah um i totally agree with what you're saying jordan because i think um polyphony's work after four as well became what they were known for almost so when you think about the, the kind of release hype to five like I, I was one of them there were people just watching e3 sony's e3 to see if gran turismo 5 would turn up um people were losing their shit because kevin butler did a gran turismo 5 commercial at one point like people loved that stuff <laughs> um and there was just anything gran turismo 5 people were just like scooping it up it was getting on the mainstream websites it was generating mad traffic people thought it was going to be the next big thing because of like this feature list you're saying that got released and then the screenshots that showed like the mini cooper with a small sticker on its back like the rear and people were like amazed to see that like that's how big the series was something as like insignificant as that that could be in another game didn't really matter but if it was gran turismo well Jordan, you'll note yourself, being the, the leader of the website, GT Planet went crazy for stuff like that. And it almost felt unthinkable to imagine if Kazunori had come out and said, we feel as if we have to really dial back in scope here. So maybe it was that pressure that was ever growing, and then there's never a good time to cut content. Um, it's just unfortunate that it's, it's viewed as a negative, always, even if it results in a better product. And the thing about Gran Turismo Sport is, um, I really feel as if it sets up the next game really well, because if you can take those sport elements that have been made in this game and incorporate that into a full Gran Turismo experience, 
that's going to be a hell of a game. And it probably wouldn't have happened if GT7 had followed the blueprint of what GT6 was, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I honestly, thank God for Gran Turismo Sport for kind of like refreshing everything and just, you know, hitting hitting the reset button on the series. I think it needed that. Polyphony was at a completely directionless point, it seems like, after GT4. Uh, I love Tourist Trophy and all of, you know, my friends that are that ride and are really into motorcycles, they all pretty much still consider Tourist Trophy their favorite, you know, motorcycle racing game of all time. I mean, I think it's it's a genre that hasn't ever really gotten the attention it deserves, but Tourist Trophy was that. And it's great, but... GTHD, you, uh, GTPSP too, which we completely forgot about. Um, like, there's so many, yeah. so many side projects and things that took attention away. Uh, that you know, you could argue the the series probably suffered for, uh, went through those dark days for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think that pretty much explains the sort of G. I mean, this was about GT4, but the G. You know, those habits that start with GT4, influence GT5, kind of set Polyphony on this on this cycle that they would always have to outdo themselves in terms of the um, number of cars and the number of tracks and how big the game was. And uh, yeah, the next game on our list, which is, of course, uh, GT3, uh, was the total opposite of that, which is why when you go back and play GT3, it's just like... It is, as much as I love GT4 and GT2, it does kind of put you at ease to know, like, here's the game, this is it, and it's just, like, that perfect balance of, like, content and purpose. You know, it's not bloated, it's not bare bones, it's just right. I do wish that the, the car roster was always, like, a sore point for me um, because I just feel like it wasn't very interesting. But otherwise, I mean, what what can we say about this game that we have not said before? Jordan could admit that it's the best game in the series. That's something he hasn't said before. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not going to happen because it's not. It's not. It's Gran Turismo 3 is an excellent, excellent, awesome, superb racing game. It is not the best Gran Turismo game. And and those are you know those are two different things uh, you know Gran Turismo three is is excellent on its own for what it is, and you know I, I think you know we, we it was such a, a leap forward in terms of graphics and and technology at the time. I mean that game aged so incredibly well. It still looks great by by anyone's standards. You know like it's they they just did a phenomenal job with that, um, and it was very fun to play, but. It's not Gran Turismo 2. It, it did not draw me in like GT2 did. Like I remember playing GT3 and thinking, wow, this looks amazing. This is a lot of fun. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, that's pretty much it. You know, like in GT2, I loved taking, you know, a, 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 a cheap, small Japanese car and, and tuning it, you know, maybe putting one of the race modifications on it and, you know, trying to beat these other cars and, you know, feeling like I was traveling all over the world doing these, you know, cool races and stuff. And in GT3, I just sort of felt like I was playing a really, really good racing game. So I don't think that it is big enough or Gran Turismo enough to really qualify as the absolute best game in the series. 
Um, you know, it's, I mean, heck, even in the, the name itself, it, it, it admits it's not a full game. Like, we're, are we still waiting for Gran Turismo 3 B spec? Like, like why is it a spec? <laughs> that was something I actually wanted to point out with regard to GT4 is that, like, I was one of those only weirdos who liked B spec. I mean, like, I use it to do the 24 hour race and stuff because, of course, I did. Um, yeah, it is weird that we never got that GT3 A spec. Yeah, I mean, it was part of the title, the the official title of the game is Gran Turismo 3 A spec. Like, what? Like, I, what does that? I don't. I, like, I still don't even really know what that means. Why is it called A spec and B spec? Like, there was supposed to be a separate management sim, Gran Turismo 3. Um, so I, I think um, Yamauchi has actually explained this at some point, possibly around GT5, um, that there, there was actually supposed to be uh, like a football manager, championship manager, that, that, that sort of game, but for Gran Turismo. Um, and then obviously that mode then became part of, of, of GT4. Um, I'm not sure how well it would have worked as a standalone game, but... <laughs> Couldn't have been worse than Gran Turismo for boys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> Our April Fool's Day spoof um, motorboat racing game, Gran Turismo for boys. <laughs> well, they, I think uh, I think Turn 10 did that with Forza 3 or 4, right? They said that they were going to make like a Forza, like, like, water sport or something like, I don't know, something like that. Um, if I remember correctly, the, those, the, those dark days of uh, Forza games, I guess, in the late 2000s. Oh yeah, the early ones. Those were rough. <laughs> um, about B-Spec, just quickly, I, I want to mention that one because we did skip over it with GT4. I, I agree with Adam that B-Spec actually was a, a pretty interesting addition, but specifically in GT4 because it was way worse in the later games because you couldn't actually switch out with your drivers. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, in spite of everything that I... GT5 is my least favorite game in the franchise. I can't stand it. Um, in spite of all the issues I have with that game, and in spite of the fact that B-Spec in GT5 is not... You're not actually managing anything. You just, like, tell your avatar to go out and you watch a replay. It's so dumb, but I love that I could make my avatars who I had no control over race my friends and then get money for. It was so stupid. Like you weren't doing anything, but I would just I would just watch my horrible B spec Bob just like totally make a fool out of himself on the on the racetrack and then like I would think I'd lost the race and then I watched my friend's B spec driver just like completely do something even stupider. It was it was so entertaining for me. Like B spec and GT five was great. I wish you could I wish they would combine the depth of fours, which I mean in retrospect you look at games today on like mobile, like motorsport manager and stuff, it's like GT four's B spec wasn't even really that deep compared to what you do what you can see now, but Combine that with the ability to race other people's avatars. I feel like that's that would be a great game or a great mode. I would totally be into that. I do recall there was there was one, um, well, whatever the equivalent back then of daily races were that was just for B spec. Yeah. Oh yeah, in mm -hmm. GT five. Yeah, that was mad. I loved that. It was brilliant. I think it was at Le Mans, wasn't it? There, there were at different ones, right? And 
Yeah, it was it was great because it was an alternative to the uh, the current rubber banding approach of making money in a game. It's just stick your beast back bobs on it, and then you come back after a day at work and see, oh, I have this much money. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, I amassed the entire team of uh, drivers with the same last names as Formula One champions, but different different first initials. So. Mine was O. Simpson, so unfortunately that was awkward. He could never drive any white Ford Broncos. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and this was GT5, so there was probably a white Ford Bronco somewhere in the game code that we just never saw. The four editions of white Broncos, yeah. Yeah, there was the uh, Midnight Purple edition as well. Yeah, Eddie right. Bauer edition. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting away from GT3. Because there's not much to talk like, about because it was such a small <laughs> game. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I I found my rankings uh, when we did the article on GT Planet. And I, I was one of the, the smart people who put GT3 at the top. Um, <laughs> and, and Jordan said something way back on GT2 when we were talking earlier about how that was a milestone moment. And... That is exactly what I think about with GT3, and in fact, the whole franchise, where I remember going to the store to pick up GT3 on release day, and seeing it in motion on a screen was jaw-dropping. It was it was a moment that I've never experienced since with the franchise, where the, the jump from the visuals from GT2 to GT3 was just a whole other level. Yeah, here's here's the thing where Jordan, I agree with you. GT3 is not my favorite either. It is limited on content to a point where it kind of hurts it. Um, that said, you have to give GT3 props for being like, I mean, polyphony or regard is like technical experts, right? You know, they they, I mean, granted, they have first party backing. They can pretty much do whatever they want, and at a certain point, they got to be able to design the the new PlayStation hardware for, for crying out loud, but, but they know what they're doing. And I think GT three is the epitome of polyphony. And, and, you know, there've been interviews I've seen, you know, GT planet where Kaz digs into this and he just says like the stuff we were able to do, like with heat haze effects and just reflections and everything like those things, like we're amazed we're able to pull them off on the PS two, but like it was this perfect, um, you know, meeting point of the hardware and the game design just being absolutely in lockstep with each other. And GT3 from a technical standpoint is, I think, like one of the greatest achievements in the history of video games. Like when you play it, especially when you played it at the time, like I had the same experience as, as Kyle, just like I could not believe like up until this point, and especially as Sega fanboys that we are, Brendan, the PS2 was basically like, it was all hype. Like there was not a single game on the system that was like the Dreamcast couldn't do that. Or like, this is really what we waited for, like the cell processor and, and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it, it was definitely a system where the hype exceeded what its actual capabilities ended up being. And everything we saw up to that point was pretty much pre-rendered cinematics, cinematics and whatever. But GT3 was the first point where I looked at the PS2 and I was like, wait, hold on. Like this, this does feel like a generational leap. And uh, although it's a bit of a, a side thing, um, it's important to note that this game came out, I think, in like the spring in the U.S. or the early summer. And then in a couple of months, Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. And this was like that from that moment, the PS2 was just it won the generation. Like, I think GTA 3 was the best selling game. GT Gran Turismo 3 was the second best selling game. Like, 
No, I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, GT3 was a definitive game, and it, it was one of the main, It, like you said, perfectly summed it up. I think GT3 is, is one of the main reasons that the PlayStation 2 was so dominant, and, you know, there were so many, basically everybody had one, <laughs> and most people had a copy of GT3. Like, the GT3 is the only game, it's the only Gran Turismo game that I've ever seen someone else playing that like i didn't know like you know like and it was in my uh, uh dorm room like i was walking by like my neighbor's room and i saw him playing some video games and they were playing gt3 and like i didn't know him or anything like we didn't like i never met like that's the only time i've ever seen someone playing uh, a gt game like just that i didn't know and like it i think the reason that it sold so well was because of this jaw-dropping moment that that we keep talking about like when you walk in a store and they have it playing on the the demo you're like what I have got to have that and everybody was like I want a PS2 and I want GT3 because that is the craziest looking thing I've ever seen and I don't think we'll ever have a moment like that in video games uh, again because the graphics are just so good now like I mean we, we may I shouldn't I probably shouldn't say that because we may have some incredible generational leaps uh, in our in our future but I mean at the time I mean it was 2001 graphics 3d graphics and and computers were really 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 starting to accelerate and take off and nobody had ever seen anything like that and um i do think that was a big reason that it sold so well and um it was sort of a perfect storm of polyphony and 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 kazunori yamauchi able to just really focus on making the very very best looking game uh that they could and the result was incredible and it is the reason that Gran Turismo uh, and Polyphony Digital is sort of considered to be the uh, the studio which sets that benchmark for uh, graphic you know fidelity and that sort of thing I won't say sound fidelity I'll say graphic fidelity but <laughs> but uh, you know the GT3 is the reason that everybody uh, feels that way I think when you say it's the, the only game you've seen someone else playing it's the only game I've seen uh, well, it's the only racing game I've seen. characters in a television show. Ah, it, it actually appears in an episode of Stargate SG One. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that supposed to be like two hundred years in the future or something, though? Oh no, this is it's all set in Colorado at present day. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Explains it. <laughs> Also, too, because, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is time extend, so we have to give credit to the game soundtrack. I mean, Gran Turismo has always, uh, at least with the original uh, music in the game, uh, between Daiki Kasho and all, everyone who's contributed over the years, it's always had a pretty good score. But GT3s was, like, the first one that, I mean, it's the one I feel like I return, I return to more than anyone, any other in the series because, like, the car dealer, like, there's so many songs that stand out to me. The car dealer select, uh, the arcade mode, uh, slipstream, light velocity. Those are those are songs. Even the tune shop, it just like gets you going. It's like really fast. Well, I, I think that GT3 had the best sort of like menu music, you know, and I think GT2 had the best like real music like for 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 me like the the background music when you're actually playing I, i'm trying to remember 
any song from GT3. I remember all of the menu music really well. But like with GT2, I'm thinking of like, you know, uh, Dragula, <laughs> Rob Zombie, um, the Cardigans losing my favorite game. Um, it was just a very, it was like, it was just had a really good soundtrack of like sort of, you know, late 90s vibes. And it was like the car selection and the, it was like a lot of songs that I didn't really hear on the radio and so it kind of like opened my ears to a new world of, of different genres of music as well so um i gotta give gt2 credit for that obviously it's the best game in the series so you know it, it, it got the music right too but late 90s music is so depressing motley crew um feeder uh she sells sanctuaries on there as well snoop dog Exactly. How have we not mentioned Snoop's Turismo 3? <laughs> 99 Red Balloons. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't know music. That, that, that music just didn't land for me personally. I've just, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. But, you know, I know I'm, I'm probably in a minority for, for in terms of that. But I like I, I, I'm better. like you. I'm like you, Jordan. Like '90s alternative. My, I have two older brothers who are uh, both in their 40s now. So growing up, I exclusively listened to like grunge yeah, and like I'm not alt rock and stuff. So, but well, yeah. But but so definitely having uh, garbage and stuff on the GT2 soundtrack was great. Yeah. But with GT3, like, yeah, I was thinking of menu music and. I don't know about the M-Race music, although you get uh, Mirage and uh, Skyscraper. Like, those are two mm -hmm. awesome songs. Uh, Skyscraper is, like, maybe my favorite uh, Daiki Kasho song still after all these years. It's so good. He had a lot of good songs. Right. Another thing I wanted to mention about GT3, because we're, we're still, you know, confirming that it is the best game. Um, one thing that it's missing that GT2 had uh, a bunch of boring mid-range cars. I, I know that the lineup was small and, and possibly a little too small and not varied enough compared to what we got in other uh, installments. But, you know, there there wasn't really a bad car in that selection. Also, we got the Zonda. Like, it, I'm pretty sure GT3 was the very first game that the Zonda showed up in, which sort of set the tone for the next decade when it became such a big thing. And we also had those F1 cars, which were obviously based on real cars, but not called by their real names. Because there's now more Pagani Zonda Special Edition than Nismo Skylines in Gran Turismo 2. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the, the summer in GT3, I, it, it does tend to go from slow to reasonable to extremely fast. Um, I mean, it's, it, we had the, there was still room for like some crazy stuff. So. Obviously, the, the um, Pikes Peak um, Escudo, that was still in there. You had uh, still had that Tommy Kyra ZZ2 or ZZ2, if you're listening. Um, XR8 Falcon V8 Supercar, that was still in there, although it didn't have anything to go with it, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it, it kind of, yeah, it, it, Carl's right, it, it did kind of do both ends. That's the not having anything to go with the Falcon XR8 is my issue with GT3's car list. I actually like, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's because it, it goes to some places that I like. It's like, oh, the 787B, that's wild. I've never seen that in the game before. 
There's no other Group C car in that game. Uh, there's no other V8 supercar in that game. There's no other, and it's like I feel like you kind of need, you need at least two. It's like you need a good balance of some kind. And I feel like they were also sort of, they they were, for a while, Polyphony was kind of late to coming out with putting new models in their games. Like this is going to go back to GT4, so maybe it's more problem with GT4 and GT3. But like I remember when like that game came out in 05, other games had like the C6 Corvette, GT4 didn't. GT3, like, it didn't have the new Viper. I just remember, I'm, I'm having t a tough time thinking of specific models, but it always seemed like GT3's car list was maybe, like, a, a year or two older than it should have been. It didn't have enough of the latest stuff, but also it, it kind of occasionally had some classics or, like, you know, legendary race cars, but, like, didn't do enough in that department. But I guess, you know, the issue, too, is it's, it's 180 cars, so, like, you're... You have to be really careful about what you're prioritizing there, and you're never going to make everyone happy. Yeah, I mean, it, it had the the concept of the which had been carried out right. in the GT3 concept earlier in the year, mm. but it didn't have the current generation. Of I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to stick up for you there, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the you know the I, personally I enjoy more of the mid range cars. I mean, what I loved about Gran Turismo 1 and 2 was the fact that, you know, I could take a four-door sedan racing and race it against other pedestrian cars that you'd see every day. You know, things that didn't look that exotic. And I, uh, I had a lot of enjoyment. I, I derived a lot of a joy out of, you know, I sort of learned like momentum <laughs> in, in GT2, you know, and figuring out how to get the most out of these cars that weren't necessarily built to go really fast around a, a racetrack. And, um, you know, with GT3, there there were a lot of more like really, really fast cars. Like they were either, you know, kind of like really slow or, or really fast. And even today, like I find myself driving slower mid-range cars like in, in GT Sport than I do uh, driving, you know, these really overpowered uh, not overpowered, but they're they're race cars, you know, that are designed to go really fast. And yeah, they're fun, but to me, like I get a lot more satisfaction out of making something go fast that's not really intended to go fast. And I feel like those cars have a bit more uh, because they're not so high strung. They have a bit more uh, character in terms of how they feel in the game as well. So for me, having a larger selection of of normal everyday cars in uh, in games like GT2 and even GT4 to an extent um, is uh, is a good thing. I just wish there were less K cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love a K car. We were talking about it on the last episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love K cars too, but I I probably the lightweight K Cup Challenge or whatever was like the last thing I ever did in that game. Because I can only spend so many so many minutes behind the wheel of a Daihatsu Storia X4 before I, uh, you know, I, I just I just have to do anything else. Well, they're they're <laughs> too slow. They really are too slow. You know, and the, the greatest car, of course, in Grand Turismo 2 was the Daihatsu Midget 2. So, mm. you know, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. Maybe the greatest car ever to appear in a Grand Turismo game. <laughs> 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 Let's be honest. Apart from the pink Yaris. What's that? The pink Yaris, which was a special prize car for um, the special stage Route 11 endurance in GT3. Yeah. <laughs> but that it didn't have the point. utility of the Dahatu midget. I mean, 
with the spare tire on the front? I mean, come on. I mean, you could, you could probably fit a midget into the trunk of the bits. <laughs> as much as I love the midget, I really preferred GT4, including the original 60s one with the three wheels. That was, oh, yeah. that was even cooler. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was yeah. really cool. So, so again, defending GT3's honor here. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, Jordan, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Adam. No, uh, I was just going to say real quick, Jordan mentioned uh, Special Stage Rule 11, which is one of the best things GC3 has going for it. I, I don't know why Polyphony won't put that track, or hadn't put that track in more games at that time, but SSR 11 so good. GT1 version or GT3 version? <sighs> you know, the GT3 version uh, didn't have that stupid chicane, right? That was like the main difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'll take the one without the stupid chicane. Also, like when you're above ground, seeing like the Ferris wheel and everything is like so cool with, yeah. the, with the line trees. Yeah. yeah, that's that's fair, and and that sort of chicane, like the chicane of death, would just never exist on a modern track anyway. <laughs> it was, it was a design. It was so emblematic of a '90s PS1 racing game. <laughs> Those are days where, like, I mean, the reason those tracks had so many tunnels and high walls and crap is because they couldn't render that far in the yeah. distance. So. <laughs> exactly. And, and which is funny then when you have so many people, like, asking them to put Trial Mountain in GT Sport and they're, you know, Kaz and probably some people who have been in the longest are like, are you, you want this? Like, we were trying to get away from this. Like, even Valentino Rossi on Instagram is, like, asking them to put Deep Forest and Trial Mountain in GT Sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I think that I think that stems from the fact that those are just really good layouts. Like I, I realize that yeah, the like the high trees were to protect the shortcomings of the platform at the time, but but those were just fantastic tracks to race on, and, and importantly, at all levels of performance too. Like slower gentlemen's agreement cars were fine there, and also fast race cars. The battles I remember having with with a, a friend in just like the gt500 cars around trial mountain oh my mm. god and then like you'd have an amazing lap and then you would just like nick the uh the inside rock wall when you come out of that first tunnel yes. and, and that was your whole race gone <laughs> uh, yeah. amazing times or the popular tactic at trial mountain if you really want the win and there's like two cars ahead of you in that final s-bend <laughs> right through the grass right. Right. Just don't don't hit the overpass. Yeah. You can hit it at the right angle and it looks cool as well. So you can like basically go on two wheels. That definitely something I tried doing in the GT one which didn't end well. <laughs> also, GT three, like we can't not mention complex string. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, uh, do we have to? <laughs> I mean, so so it's not a great track. It's it's really not from a, especially from a racing perspective. I don't think you could even race on it, right? It was it was a time trial only. We we did we raced it in a LAN, um, and it was one of our most cherished memories. From a, and it, you had to use an iLink back then. It wasn't um, regular networking equipment. But yeah, we we raced the GT three hundred cars, and we uh, we went into the, the the square corner section with six of us. And we came out completely different order to the one we'd gone in, but nobody had took them to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I complex string is is more that that's nostalgia talking, where it's just like, oh, this is such a huge track, and it's so challenging. 
but it, it wasn't a great one. Uh, but I still just remember Yamauchi's time in the time trial mode, where you had to beat Polyphony members for each track. And of course, his was the fastest time on the hardest track. And I just thought that was where Polyphony was actually trying to you know, show a personality. PS1 and like the PS1 games, they didn't really have, they had a lot of content and GT had its own personality, but we didn't really get an idea of the team behind it. And GT3 was sort of hinting at that where we actually got to, it was just the ghosts of the players, but or the developers, but at least it's something. And you sort of get this, this stronger connection, in my opinion. It also allowed you to drive cars that were not available in the beginning of the game. Like I remember I kept doing the Viper uh, concept. If you can't tell, I really liked the Dodge Viper when I was a kid. Um, I kept doing the Viper concept race um, at Laguna Seca and because that was like the only way I could get the Viper when back when I wasn't very good at the game and couldn't actually like do many of the be even the beginner and the uh, intermediate class races. So yeah. Uh, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was I was a kid. What, what do you want from me? Um, but yeah, so that's that's. I remember playing the time trial for that reason, and not even I, I. I might have known that you could like go against the uh, the developers, but I didn't really try too hard. I also never tried to gold any of the license tests. That just seemed too difficult. I was like, I getting bronze or something was like all my like ten year old. Uh, you know, skills or capabilities could uh, deliver. <laughs> I used to call five lap races endurance races when I was younger playing Grand Turismo. <laughs> oh my god, those extra two laps. How will I ever survive doing one race for six minutes? <laughs> oh man. Oh, Got to Grand Turismo 5 and I'm doing 24 hour enduros. <laughs> uh, and, and actually, on that note, that's, that's one of the other gt3 strength too is it is it had endurance races it had that long f1 series but it never felt in, in my mind it never felt like a grind where there was enough content matched to the number of races so you never felt i mean except for the random car draw where prizes were only available in beating specific races you could get everything in that game without dedicating literal months to it, which I think is important. It's it's a balance. But you know what? I, I fucking hate that random car draw. That's like, <laughs> just, oh my oh, god! Oh, it was the worst. It killed me getting this. I think I got the Camaro LM at the Super Speedway one, like almost every single time. It just like, oh no, that 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 just brought back that, some that. PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really bad with the endurances, right? Because at least with the series, you could save before the last race, and if it didn't work, you just rerun the last race and get the car you want. But the endurances, no, you're at the mercy of that. So glad they brought that back in GT Sport. It's a really great idea. <laughs> I I love getting my eighth Renault Clio. Yeah, it was. I was playing the other day. I mean, everyone has these stories, but I, I'm pretty sure there were like out of the what? There's four cars in that, right? In the in the yeah. circle, and uh, I think three of them were like at least above eight million credits. And of course, I got the uh, the Clio or the whatever hatchback was in there that I already have four copies of. So, <sighs> what are you gonna do? 
Yeah, I mean, I I really wanted to come out and just like give GT3 the beating it deserved, but like it's when we talk about these memories and stuff, it's just it's too it's too precious. It's like I I thought that this would be more <laughs> I thought that Jordan and I would be more contrarian. I feel like it didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great game. It's just not much of one. <laughs> Jordan did say that the cars stood the test of time, and and they did because they were still in GT6. <laughs> what yeah. a take. And and also I I don't want to be that person again. That's the second time I've said this on this uh <laughs> show. But you know, the sales numbers don't lie. <laughs> exactly. And bundling did mm-hmm. not make up for sixty five percent or so of those sales. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. That's uh, that's just a, a random coincidence. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. If we look the other way on that one, it, it annoyed me because when they bundled it, I think they they did change the cover art, and I really love. Like, I think the uh, the boxer 911 headlight. I mean, I guess technically it was the roof 3400s, but we all know that they really shot yeah. a boxer for that. Um, that in the red is like looks so good it's like one of my favorite game covers ever compared to the the emblem on the back of the crappy acura that we got in the u.s it's so lame it's <laughs> like such a minor thing but i loved the fact that and i'm not sure if it was like this in the u.s but you could get a copy of gran turismo 3 in europe that had a red like plastic cover and then gt4 had a white one as well and it just looked so cool and premium to have gran turismo with these special plastic cases so like for gran turismo 3 i had the one that had the red plastic the black plastic and then the platinum version i'm not sure why i bought all three but that's just what gran turismo does to you as a series just buy loads of irrelevant stuff like test drive demos and stuff that were released in bmw dealerships all of that cool stuff i've got about 12 versions of so you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter was saying, I hope you talk about GT Concept and GT PSP. And I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> just, just hang on there for that episode. I feel like it'd be good to do an episode about like the worst, all the weird Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah, the worst. All the weird Gran Turismo one offs. I mean, I only recently played uh, GT Concept for the very first time, probably like a year or two ago. I found the copy and uh of like the tokyo motor show one mm. i think and uh yeah it's good but it's it's interesting how especially because in the u.s we didn't get any of those games like gd5 prologue was the first one we ever saw so but but everyone else did yeah yeah it was, it was bizarre that the concept was never released i mean there was a special version for korea <laughs> yeah ten thousand copies it was tied into the the, the soul motor show so it was um, a special version of uh, called Tokyo Soul 2002. But to release that for 10,000 copies and never release it in the USA, like people in America not interested in American concept cars. Look, they needed to get, they needed to put the Spira motors, whatever it was in the game, so people could drive it and whatever Hyundai concept car they had. Yeah. <laughs> I would love, I would just love to know, like, I hope one day, like, Kazunori just like comes out and has like a tell-all documentary or writes a book or something and we find out like why these really obscure versions of the games like existed because I don't think that like he he, like now he won't do that but like 
Maybe one day he will. I don't know. I would just love to know why some of these things exist because I'm sure there's probably some really entertaining stories uh, <laughs> behind all of this. The Gran Turismo Mitsubishi Air Trek Turbo Edition, which is a thing. Yes. <laughs> Jordan, you know you say that, and, and I can't help but think that you are the man who is going to make that happen. Like, it, it's never going to happen <laughs> otherwise. Like, you have to be, like Walter Isaacson was to Steve Jobs, you have to be that for Kazunori. <laughs> I would love to. I, the thought has crossed my mind. <laughs> The thought has crossed my mind. I've, I've, that one day, but I think he's still too, uh, he's still too secretive right now. He's still too, secretive. and he's still got, he's still got a lot of work he wants to do, obviously. So, yeah, uh, and of course, at the Nurburgring, uh, he made those uh, just a few months ago, um, and we interviewed him, and and the and one of the the journalists in our roundtable interview asked him about, you know, like the older games, and he's like. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that people still remember anything about the old games. <laughs> it's like, no, I never go back and play those. Like, I only look forward. And everybody, like, there's like in the room, like among all the the journalists there, like there was probably like five or six of us there, and we were kind of like, uh, <laughs> got like really awkward, and we're like, uh oh. And I was like, oh, as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, this is going to, this is gonna not go over so well. Um, <laughs> but you know, maybe he read the response to that and, uh, and you know, he's like, well, he's like, I'm going to go back and, and take a look. And I think he should, because as I think we've established on this show, there's a lot to learn from these, uh, these previous Gran Turismo games. And, you know, hopefully they, they take what, uh, what they've built with GT Sport. And like you said earlier, um, Brendan or Adam, I can't remember which one one of you mentioned it, but you know, I think they're sort of in a good place now. I think sport sort of sets up the next game to be in a really good spot. Pretty much the perfect base to work off of. And it's a it's a worrying statement to say that because I know we thought Gran Turismo 5 was going to be that as well. Um but the difference is now that it seems like Polyphony definitely have their kind of marbles in the sense that they know what they want from the series and they aren't trying to adhere to some astronomical number just to put it on the box because we kind of briefly mentioned that after we'd forgotten about it ironically but granted as more psp like why why did that even come out because it was it was pretty much just a, an asset dump <laughs> with a minor game attached to it and i still enjoy gt psp a lot but there's no doubt about it that it was pretty much it feels like they almost had to put something on PSP and that's why we ended up with that as opposed to GT4 Mobile. But I think everybody would have preferred what the initial game was going to be, even if it was just a retread of Gran Turismo 4. Yeah, that's another game that I would love to know the real story behind it because everybody pretty much forgot about it. I think Polyphony forgot about it and then they must have <laughs> gotten an email from like Sony <laughs> Corporate that said... Um, <laughs> Yeah, when are you guys gonna have that PSP game? And they're like, "Oh crap! Like, we gotta, we gotta put this together like now, guys. Like, let's, let's, let's like, we have to work on this." <laughs> then why was the I Valencia? That. <laughs> What's that, Andrew? Why was the Valencia circuit in it? It was basically GT4 and Valencia from T from. Um, <laughs> 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 yep. And Jay Leno. I forgot about that. 
I could not think of. I, I hate that track. I absolutely detest Valencia. I could not think of a worse track for them to. If they were going to spend it on one extra track in that game, why did it have to be Valencia? Why? Why Valencia? Valencia I mean, I know because it was in Tourist Trophy, but jeez. Of course, we're, we're, sitting, we're sitting here complaining about it. It's going to be the next track in GT Sport. <laughs> <laughs> Does MoGP even still go there? I don't even know. I guess not. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, was, there was that. There was Valencia, and then there was a handful of new cars. Some of them were coming to GT5, and then oh, there was the yeah. Veyron, which was standard yeah. for some unknown reason. And the weirdest one was the Mazda Excella, uh, the Mazda 3. That was in oh. GT PSP, but never in GT3 <laughs> or 4. Hmm. Well then. <laughs> I could eat addition. Why? No one knows. Yeah, I mean, it's like when Lotus disappeared out of GT Sport after the beta. It's oh, just like, yeah. it's always with the weirdest brands. You know, the, the Toyota thing has been the very high profile thing everyone's paying attention to. But like, why was, why did talks break down with, you know, Lotus? Like, it's just, it's just weird to think about. <laughs> yeah, I would love to know that stuff. From what I understood, because I, I have had a chat with Lotus, um, they saw... <laughs> I have to be quite careful with my words here. They um, were having the, the, the deal that they had reduced its value over time. And so, with the hmm. delay oh. over a year in GT Sport coming out, the, the, um, the value of the contract, the agreement they had, went down. So, they thought they were getting less money than other comparable manufacturers, which assumed to be McLaren. And, uh, uh, and I believe that's the sort of dispute. Um, I, I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I understood. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. I, I would have hoped that they would be able to iron out a new kind of deal because at least the Evora exists in that game. Yeah, um, I think there was an Elise as well. In some of the... the oh, yeah. yeah. But... It, it would be a great manufacturer to have because it, it has uh, some of the older GT1 cars that are, are now classed as, as Group 3s. It's got GT, current GT4 cars which are classed as Group 4s. It would slot straight into the manufacturer. And with all the classic cars in Lewis's history, I mean, that would be great yeah. for everything that they're playing in the game now. Yeah. I think that settles why it won't happen then. It makes too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I, I don't want to cut anyone off, but uh, we're going on like an hour 40 at this point. I apologize wow. if you all had things to do today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this was uh, this was absolutely amazing. This was uh, a lot, a lot more diplomatic than I thought it would be, um, <laughs> which I guess is good. A good thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, let's let's call it a good thing. Everyone's a little too angry on the internet these days. So yeah, this I I uh, love having this chat with everyone here. So glad everybody could uh, could join us. And I guess um, yeah, Jordan, let's know what's going on with GT Planet. There's a there's an FIA event coming up this weekend, the weekend after this show posts on uh, hopefully in the middle of the week um, in New York. And uh, yeah, what what's going on? Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a, a big event. I feel like. Uh... I feel like the, um, the the world tour is really sort of, you know, getting into its stride uh, at this point. And 
basically from here through the end of uh, November, we're going to have a world tour event every month. So we're going to be doing a lot of coverage on all these events. And then um, got a little announcement uh, of, of my own coming here um, with, uh, with GT Planet. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm gonna say, but Ooh. keep an eye out. There's something that you know. Andrew and Kyle know what I'm talking about, but it's so the Cas tell all. The Cas tell all was definitely a Freudian slip, then. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, I'm I'm really sorry, but I'm gonna spoil it right now. It's actually a special a GT Planet edition of a Camry 2.2. Oh yes, oh, oh, how you doing? Man. <laughs> Feeling the thunder, man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I think like, I feel like the, the rest of the year is just going to be, it's going to be really, really crazy on GD Planet with like all the FIA GTC stuff and all of the blankety blank coming uh, <laughs> up soon. But, um, but yeah, it's exciting times. I'm going to be super, super busy, but definitely keep an eye on the site because it's going to be a lot of fun, I hope. It'd be great as well to get some audio companions to the type of stuff that's going on, maybe, just to discuss how it goes at these World Tour events and stuff. I'm sure the, the listeners would really enjoy that as well, so I don't think collaborations between the two of us are going to end anytime soon. Yes, no, no, absolutely, and uh, hoping to see uh, Adam in New York, so... Um, yes, Yes, I will be there. It's going to be my first time at a GTC FIA event. Uh, I'm very excited. Um, as soon as I found out I would be able to go, it was like, wait, which one of you? One of you's going. One of you has to go. So, uh, so I'll be seeing Jordan there. And uh, yeah, if anyone listening to this is going to be there, come say hi. Uh, I, I'll be the guy who's probably wearing an OutRun shirt or a Sega M2 hat or something like that. So can't miss me. Uh, don't let Jordan win another media race. He's got like a whole fleet of TGTs at this point. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not invited anymore because I beat him at the last one. <laughs> he did, yeah. I fired you after that one. Uh, after that, yeah. Uh, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I've had to fire Andrew like six or seven times now. So he's he's good enough that he gets rehired, but yeah, he's, he's really screwed up a couple times. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll try I'll try my best at the media race, but I uh, can't make any guarantees. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like it would look pretty bad if GT Planet didn't win at the Gran Turismo FIA media race. So yeah. just maybe I'm just I'm just trying to you know just get some pressure in there, you know, just try, start to play mind games. I'm hoping that like if I start if I start the trash talk now, just like ever so subtly, by the time that the event comes, you'll just be like. You, you won't be able to perform so yeah <laughs> oh I'm used to having a target on my back that's alright <laughs> you were the one that hit me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah let's see at, at the world finals at the world finals last year I was in uh, I was in first place going into the I had pole position and I was going into the first corner and then it, it was on the uh, Tokyo track in, in GT Sport and every single car just like oh god just hit me and and i was like i was probably like six or seven cars deep 
against the wall, like in the first corner. I went from first to last because everybody forgot that they need to hit the brakes to go around a hairpin corner. So they're like, we'll just all use Jordan as the brake and we'll just slam in him. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the dirtiest race I have ever been a part of. It was great. The guy who won was wall riding the whole way and they had boost (laughs) strong. That was a mess of a race. I ended up hit so hard I, I was in the pit lane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure there's like a funny video clip of you, Jordan, at the London reveal event where like you're in the middle of a race and something happens and you just like throw your hand up in there in disgust. <laughs> I remember yeah. like the GT Planet forums talking about that and it was like the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, Jordan's so mad. <laughs> We gotta turn that into a gift. Yeah, it's out there. It's out there somewhere. Uh, awesome. So lots of lots of cool stuff to look forward to on GT Planet. Um, and again, you know, thanks thanks to all of you for uh, for joining us for this. It was a lot of fun. As Brendan said, uh, yeah, definitely have you guys back on for anything at any time. Just say the word. Uh, yell at us about other games that you have opinions on we don't care uh it's all worth it so yep this was a great show i really enjoyed this one so thanks for having us on thanks you guys it was a lot of fun yep cheers for putting up with me <laughs> <laughs> like jordan has to. <laughs> you were the most uh you were the most measured and uh, a lot like on the forums you're the most measured and and uh you know calm person in the group so i think i think you definitely were like the anchor that we needed here uh, it comes with my age right <laughs> <laughs> the elder statesman <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you everyone for listening and uh we will all be uh seeing you again soon thanks guys cheers